Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. Motley Fool Money. Stock of the Week. G'day Fools, Scott Phillips here, the Motley Fools Chief Investment Officer in Australia and welcome to another Stock of the Week. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening through the podcast feed Motley Fool Money, thank you for joining us. We bring you once a week one of the companies that are on our scorecards or portfolios, a business we've recommended to our members that we pull back the curtain on just for a few minutes and share both the name and the rationale with you, dear viewer and dear listener. Now, many of you are members as well, and we appreciate that very much. If you're not yet, this is free, completely gratis. If you do like it, maybe you might want to consider thinking about joining The Motley Fool if you like what we're doing, because there's much, much, much more of that behind the paywall. Yes, it's a paywall. We don't apologize for that. It is what it is. Um, We're a profit-making business. We want to get paid for it, but we think, frankly, the prices are really, really cheap. In fact, I know they are very cheap compared to the value that we deliver. I'm not even being biased. The number of stock recommendations for the prices, really cheap. Anyway, it's not about an ad. This is about you and about sharing with you one of our recommendations. To do that, I have with me Motley Full Analyst and all-round good guy, Mr. Edward Vesely. How are you, mate? Good, Scott. It's good to be here again. Thank you, mate. Thank you for rejoining us, mate. People always love your commentary, so I'm looking forward to this one. Before we get into it, mate, let's just share quickly with our viewers and our listeners the things I say almost every week because they're important. Firstly, we are here to give general, not personal advice. That means we can't tell you individually what you should buy. All we can say is we think this company is a market-beating investment, or is likely to be anyway, and we think you should consider how it might suit your needs, objectives, and goals all those usual words we have to put at the end of that sentence. So that's important. Secondly, it's a buy recommendation, but it's a buy right now. It can and will change if circumstances sufficiently change to require it. Maybe the business becomes a much lower quality business. Maybe the price gets too high. Maybe we simply don't expect any longer. It is market beating in nature. If that's the case, we will change that recommendation for our members. Now we're recording this at the very end of March, 2022. If you're watching this much after that, just bear in mind, our view may well have changed Probably not, by the way, because we do tend to be long-term investors, but our views might have changed. And lastly, as I said, we are long-term investors, and these investment theses are generally expected to play out over three to five years and even longer. So yes, we are saying it's a buy, but we have no idea where the share market or individual companies will go. Over the next day, week, month, or year, hot tip, if someone else says they do, I would suggest being a little bit skeptical. Maybe they're lying to you. Maybe they're lying to themselves. Maybe both. Or maybe they're just, uh, well... Misinformed, let's call it that. In any case, uh, we're long-term investors. So this is an investment thesis we have for the long-term and we expect that to play out over a multiple number of years. Not necessarily, we'd love it to work out from tomorrow, of course, but not necessarily over such short periods of time. All right, Ed, with that out of the way, this is Stock of the Week. We're gonna go through the company and what it does. We're gonna talk about why we like it. We'll cover the risks of an investment in the business. Then I'll ask you to wrap it up with our patented, not patented elevator pitch. But let's start with the company, its code, and what it does. We're talking about Washington H. Sol Pattinson, one of the, uh, I won't say it's not exactly a strange name, one of the more uh, uh, old school names on the ASX these days. The code is SOL. Up front, I will also disclose that I own the shares so that our viewers and listeners know that from the get-go. Tell us, mate, what Sol Pats is and what it does. Sure thing. Uh, I also own shares in Washington H. Sol Pattinson Scott, so just to let you and everybody else know that. Um, Before I even describe the company, I just wanted to, you talked about long term. (laughs) It's a company that was established, Mm -hmm. uh, I think, as two separate companies in the late 1800s. And 
uh, we had uh, Caleb Sowell and his son Washington opening their first store in Sydney, in Pitt Street, I think it was, in 1872. Mm-hmm. Louis Pattinson, on the other hand, opened his first pharmacy in Balmain a number of years later in 1886. Anyway, there's a bit of history there that uh, they came together and in 1903 they merged and uh, listed on, uh, well, it wasn't the Australian Securities Exchange then, but they listed on the the market and uh, they've been a public company ever since. Mm. So today they're Washington H. Sol Pattinson and uh, effectively they've morphed into an investment house over time. Um, That's what it proudly proclaims on its website. It also says it's uh, never missed paying a dividend since 1903. So if you're looking at an investment that is reliable <laughs> in terms of dividends, uh, this could be a very yeah. good option. Uh, it is a buy, as you said, Scott. So, look, it's an investment house. It uh, When you go through mm-hmm. the annual or half-year reports, the company actually breaks down uh, the types of investments it makes. The first, the first thing to, to look at really is what it calls its uh, strategic portfolio, and these are major cornerstone holdings in other listed companies. So that, that's actually a reason why sometimes Washington H. Sol Pats, and I'll, I'll call it Sol Pats, it's a bit of a mouthful. Please do. <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> it's actually sometimes referred to a listed investment company. I don't quite agree with that, although mm. I can understand why. But look, uh, in terms of its strategic portfolio, it, it owns uh, big stakes in uh, companies like TPG Telecom, uh, Brickworks, which is mm-hmm. well known, uh, New Hope Coal. Uh, there's also 2S2, which is the Singapore mobile business that was, um, mm. that's, uh, that was used to be part of TPG. So that's a separate entity in its own right. And to give you an idea, for example, it, uh, of TPG, it owns just under 13% of that business. It owns around just under 40% of New Hope and uh, around 25% of Tuas. So the strategic portfolio alone is worth just over $4 billion and it accounts mm-hmm. for 46% of its overall investment portfolio. Solpats is definitely an investment house, as I say. So it really is a place you go. They don't actually run businesses as such, although they have a big say in how these businesses are run and they do fund some of the smaller businesses mm-hmm. and they do certainly support them strategically, but they're not actually out there running them. Uh, so there's the strategic portfolio. It's got its uh, large cap portfolio. So we know the big names here. This company, sorry, this portfolio, by the way, is worth around $3.4 billion. It's worth 37% of the total portfolio. I think that's actually going to reduce a little bit, and I'll explain why in a second, but it's got the likes of CSL, mm-hmm. BHP, Woolies, Transurban and so on in, in that sort of portfolio. And where we think there's a lot of growth to come with Solpats is it also has private equity investments. Now, these are only worth around 7% of the portfolio. I won't go right down the chain just to keep it short, but these private investments, mm-hmm. private equity investments are worth around $650 million. So these numbers, by the way, are as at the end of January. Uh, that's a portfolio mm-hmm. of private companies. Um, we think, and obviously Sol Pats thinks that they're quite promising and that they can grow into something bigger. So we're talking about companies like Round Oak Minerals, which is uh, focused on copper and zinc. And uh, there's another little company called Aquatic Achievers, which is a swim school. Uh, now, that sounds quite funny when you look at the likes of CSL, BHP and TBG and so on. But, you know, <laughs> they, right. these are the sorts of um, seed investments which, uh, look, may, may work out or may not, but the point is is that they're actually investing in, in what they think are promising companies and um, who am I to judge when the Solpats record has been so strong uh, over the years and decades. So there's other companies as well. But look, that's the broad thrust of what Solpats does. It simply manages money and we think it does it very effectively with a very long-term mindset. Nice. I like it, mate. So we're talking about a business here that is not quite a managed fund, not quite a listed investment company, but a business that has 
its own capital, permanent capital, generally speaking, and we can simply own shares in the company that then owns that portfolio of assets. Let's go then to why we like it. So we know what it does. It is a buy recommendation, as you say. That means we expect it to be market beating. The question then for you, Ed, is why? Well, uh, I've been an investor in it for a number of years. I like the reliability of its dividend, its increasing dividend. But Mm -hmm. let's just go back one step. Why, Why is there an increasing dividend? It has an impeccable track record, as I say, going back 119 years. And you only have to check any recent presentation of the company, which actually proudly shows off its long-term track record. And I think that tells me a lot about the management style. They really care for the shareholder. And that's not necessarily the big guys. It's also the little guys. They have this fantastic long-term record of uh, paying dividends and increasing wealth for shareholders. But why we like it, we like the fact that they take a very, very long-term view and For example, there is this cross-shareholding with Brickworks. So it owns a stake in Brickworks, but Mm. Brickworks also owns a stake in Sol Pattinson, and that's been criticised in the past (laughs) because apparently having this means that it's it's not possible. It's very difficult to make a takeover for either company and therefore value is locked away. But the argument against that is that management can actually not worry about all of that other stuff that means they're trying to survive or trying to just simply uh, stay put as an entity, they can actually just focus on the investments. And I actually think the cross-shareholding with Brickworks is more an advantage than a disadvantage in that it gives management that space and time to really think, not just next three or five years, but certainly decades out. Uh, The other reason Mm. why we like it is as part of its long-term investment approach, uh, a big big, uh, reason for that is the Milner Family Association. Now, the current chairman is Rob Milner. Uh, Rob Milner's, this is something I found out was quite interesting. Rob Milner's grandmother, Mary, was actually the daughter of Louis Pattinson. So that's how far back the relationship goes as far as the Milner's Mm -hmm. concerned. Uh, Jim Milner, that's Rob Milner's father, he was a chairman from 1969 to 1999. And over many decades, this family has built up its stake in the Salpats business. It's quite substantial today. Between Rob and Tom Milner, Tom's the son, and he's around 50 or 51 or so, uh, he, they own around 12% of the company themselves, and that's quite a significant stake when you're looking at the uh, the market cap of the company. Uh, look, it's an important point that, uh, look, they're investors, but they're not uh, lazily investing. It's very, I think, um, it's probably not appropriate to call it, as I say, a listed investment company. And the reason why, I think uh, there are major differences between a standard LIC and Solpats. Uh, for example, the company invests in a range of assets that are, not only diversified, but they're also to a large degree uncorrelated. And I think Mm. this is a real key to why I think it can outperform over the long run. Some of these investments will do poorly in one period, but others will do very well in another period. And on top of that, you've got investments which are up and coming. Now, this aquatic swim school could be something or it could be a zinc mine that could be the future, or it could be some other investment that actually takes Mm. the company to another level. Either way, I'm quite happy being a shareholder just to, to sit by and, and just uh, let this un, um, unwrap, I guess, over, over time. So uh, I like the diversification and the degree of uncorrelation between the investments. The, the long-term approach mm. is where I think wealth can be generated from its smaller positions and or its private equity investments. And the other thing too, I, I mentioned, um, uh, well, there's the recent merger with Milton Corporation. Now, that was a fairly mm. big takeover. That should gradually... Milton Corporation was a also a listed investment company that invested predominantly in Australian listed securities. And I think that's actually going to change because, again, Sol Pats likes to diversify, possibly away from the Aussie market, but also to, to a degree go to the, towards those investments that can actually provide 
uh, you know, as I say, this degree of uncorrelation, if that's the word. So I think the Milton investment or the Milton takeover recently is, is going to be very good. It increases the scale of the company. And its court portfolio should just continue to perform very well across a range of economic conditions, Scott. Um, I'm very comfortable with it. It's got 119 years as a listed entity um, <laughs> together as a company. So it's it's done very well. And uh, when we talk about the dividends of this company, there is a chart there in the latest presentation. Hopefully that will come up on the screen. It shows that it's increased its dividend every year since 2002, and that's a very lovely progressive dividend policy. So if anyone who had bought shares mm. 20 years ago would see a substantial increase in the amount of income that they've received from those shares. But I actually checked further. The, the, the longest uh, I can go back is 1987, and although it hasn't increased the dividend every year since 1987, it has at least maintained or increased that dividend going way back to the late 80s. So. It's very impressive and I think it can continue over time, but investors just have to be patient with it. There'll be maybe a short period of underperformance here and there. You could have 12 months, 18 months, um, but as a long-term investment, it's really a, a stock that could be put into the bottom drawer and not worried about too much. I like that, mate. I like to think the 80s were only yesterday, <laughs> but it turns out yeah. they're much, much longer ago than that. So uh, you're absolutely right. It was a 35 years at least uh, of either stable or increasing dividends is a remarkable story. Yeah, look, I I also like to come out in the shares, as I said, I've recommended it as well as have you. Um, it's it's one of the best businesses, I think, on the ASX quality-wise. Also, too, it's worth saying, I haven't checked the numbers recently and their share price has been down a bit in the last little while, so maybe this is no longer true, but last time I saw the numbers from Solpats, they had managed to beat the market over one, three, five, 10, and 15 years. And sometimes we see listed investment companies or these investment conglomerates as sleepy, boring businesses that aren't very exciting, don't do much. Turns out sometimes they do quite well. And that's important. Zolpats, <coughs> excuse me, has a long track record of doing exactly that. Mate, before we get into the risks, and we will, a quick ad. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for doing that. I'm sorry you've got to look at my ugly mug, but at least you get to see Ed, so that's a benefit. Um, but thank you for doing that. It's a bit of extra value too, by the way. If you're on the podcast, check out the YouTube channel. Uh, but if you're, on, if you're on YouTube, thank you for doing that. While you're here, please do hit the subscribe button just below this video and the little notification bell. It means that you'll be alerted as soon as we publish new content on our YouTube channel. Did I mention it's free? It's free. Uh, so make sure you do that. If you are on the podcast, thank you for doing that. Check out our other podcast, The Good Oil with Scott Phillips. And of course, if you're on the podcast feed, go and uh, be a bit, you know, change channels, literally. In this case, go to the YouTube channel and check out The Motley Fool. Just simply go to YouTube, type in The Motley Fool Australia or go straight to youtube.com slash C slash FoolAU. And if you're in the YouTube channel, you're probably already a podcast listener. Or if you're not, start off with both Motley Fool Money and The Good Oil with Scott Phillips. Quick uh, promo, my latest Good Oil episode uh, was with Catherine Barb Magira, who is actually a fellow employee of ours, but I interviewed her in her role as author of the new book, Poe for Your Problems. It is a really, really funny book. The interview was fantastic. She talks about being an author the publishing business, uh, share some, some lessons from Poe's life. It's a fun, interesting chat. Uh, you'll enjoy that and you'll enjoy the book too. So I highly recommend it. Go to The Good Oil with Scott Phillips. Hit subscribe there. Um, use your favourite podcast feed. If you're on an Apple thing, just go to Apple Podcasts. If you're on Google or Android, uh, go to Pocket Cast or something else. Google Podcasts as well is available and, uh, and you can find all good podcasts there. Just search The Good Oil with Scott Phillips or, as I said, Motley Fool Money while you're there. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. 
let's get to the risks of an investment. No business is without risks, even one that's more than a century, well, more than a century old and hasn't decreased the dividends since at least 1987. Doesn't mean that it is risk-free. What are some of the risks for our viewers and listeners when it comes to an investment in Solpats, mate? Okay, well, I'll start with the the leadership. Uh, I do think this is a very low risk, though, and I haven't. I've mentioned the Milners, but I haven't mentioned the CEO uh, Todd Barlow. Uh, he was actually one of our. I think he was actually our first uh, presenter at one of our platinum events, Scott. So it was good to have him there a number of years ago. Uh, Todd Barlow. He's a very steady yes. hand as the uh, CEO of the company. We've got a lot of confidence in his uh, management of the business. And as I said, the same goes for the uh, for for Rob Milner's chairmanship. But the key is mm. if mm. if um, if uh, Todd was to leave or if the Milners for any reason were to sell down and maybe lose their own confidence in the business, this could be a very concerning sign for us. I don't think that's the case or don't think that will be the case, but it's just something to be uh, mindful of. So mm-hmm. uh, there'd be a few short-term worries, I think, if um, if uh, Todd Barlow was to leave, but I'm assuming that the board would already have very good succession planning in place. So we just have to keep a, an eye on those uh, those leaders of the company. Look, the other main risk is that because it's basically an, an investment company, although I'm not going to call it necessarily a listed investment company for those reasons I spoke about before, it, it, the absolute uh, the, the returns of the company will depend on how its investments actually perform. So if we saw, Scott, any reason for a sustained deterioration in performance or uh, dividend paying capacity, I think we could see a likely a very sustained period of underperformance in Solpat stock. Now, it's very likely uh, in any one-year period that the, the particular, this particular company could underperform, as it can do because the short term is the short term. But I think if we saw anything like that, if we saw any change in the in the uh, investment strategy that led to underperformance, we'd see that over the three, five, and ten and fifteen-year mm-hmm. investment timeframes. And I think we'd obviously try to be on top of any changes in the investment strategy well before 15 years. But if there was to be a change and it wasn't to our liking, uh, we, if it went more short term or if, it, if they just went into investments that were just not what we would consider investment grade, we could be looking at a sell on the, on the company. But I don't think mm-hmm. uh, these risks are particularly high. I think they're the main risks that we'd have to look at. Uh, just finally, too, uh, one third one, I think, is just the expectations that uh, investors bring to the stock. As I say, it can underperform in short-term periods, 12 months, or even 24 months. I just think it's if you're going to be buying shares in a company like Solpats, then you've really got to take that long-term view. We say minimum of five years, but I think your expectations will be met if you invest for at least five years plus for a company like this. So if you're coming to make quick money with Solpats, you will probably be disappointed. <laughs> it's best to take that long-term approach. It's probably true with all of them. I don't know any business that people can guarantee to give a return over less than 12 months, even if they hope that is the case. So uh, you're absolutely right. Solpat's one of the absolute standouts in the genre. I will say too, a little little uh, quick um, anecdote from me. One of the things I really like about Solpat's is actually not about the company itself and it's more about the Milners. But uh, I was fortunate enough in the before times, pre-COVID, uh, to be over in Omaha, Nebraska at Warren Buffett's annual meeting of Berkshire Hathaway, a company I also own shares in for full disclosure. Uh, and who was there? but Rob and Tom Milner and a couple of the guys from Sol Pats, when they're humble enough to say, hey, we, we run our multi-billion dollar business, 
Uh, the family are probably billionaires in their own right, if not they're remarkably close. They've simply said, you know what, let's go across to Omaha. Let's actually learn from Buffett himself, meet some people, all that kind of stuff. There's some real value in that too and some real humility, uh, which kind of, again, just, just one of those things. You think, you know what, is it a big deal? Probably not. Is it a nice uh, example of the quality and the caliber of management? Let me spit that out. Um, then I think it's a, it's a pretty good one. All right, mate, let's, let's wrap this up. Uh, 30 to 60 seconds. Give me the elevator pitch as we go from the first to the 31st floor. Why should our listeners and viewers consider an investment in Solpats? Okay, well, it's a diversified investment house. It's broadly diversified, and there's a good lack of correlation between assets. So I like that. It's uh, very good at fostering smaller companies, and it provides continued financial and strategic support to those companies. So we could see one day more of these investments eventually making it into the strategic portfolio. It has an excellent uh, long-term track record. It's got a very progressive dividend policy. It will increase them every year if it can, based on the underlying investment performance of its own portfolio. Uh, there is a saying, I think it comes from this company, that the uh, the thicker the carpet, the thinner the dividend. And I don't think they have very thick carpets in headquarters, it. so I like that. And also, <laughs> finally, I love having Todd Barlow being involved uh, with the business. Um, the board, the Solpats board, is a real positive and we love the shareholding. So I think uh, that the Milners themselves are very much uh, in the stock for the long run as we are as well. So for all of those reasons, I think Solpats is a buy. Very good. And just to remind us all, Ed and I both own some shares in Solpats. Mate, thank you for spending a bit of time talking about one of, I think, the lowest profile big companies on the ASX. Certainly, as you said, the second longest listed company in Australia uh, gets nowhere near the coverage it probably deserves. Certainly, uh, the results have been very, very good over the long term. So now, dear listener and viewer, you know, about Solpats, you know why we like it, and you know that it is a buy in at least one Motley Fool service. I think there's actually probably in four or five different services. Uh, that's how much we like it across the different platforms that we operate here at The Motley Fool. Ed, thank you very much for sharing your time and expertise with us. I really appreciate it. No worries. To our viewers and listeners, thank you for spending some time with us. We know you have plenty of other options. You can be doing anything else right now. And if you're spending a little bit of time watching or listening to this, I hope we've justified that time. I'm pretty sure we have. Ed's a smart bloke. He brings a very solid investment case and some thinking to the table. So I'm sure you've got more value out of it than you've put in, but we do appreciate you could do anything else and we really appreciate your trust and your loyalty in spending a bit of time here with The Motley Fool. So on behalf of Ed, myself, and the whole Motley Fool team, until next time, fool on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691. Listener.